Welcome into the Gump Runners Podcast, episode 64. Uh, Chase Thornton, Jeremy Law, Lester Mitchell here with you tonight. Um, got a got a jam-packed episode coming your way. Uh, Alabama's been killing it on the recruiting trail after, you know, everybody on this podcast doubted Nick Saban just a, a month and a half ago. It seemed like right before you landed Tony Mitchell, the five-star out of Thompson, and uh, and you know he's he's really picked it up. I don't know what click J Law thinks that the uh, the cash started flying around a little bit, and uh, and Nick Saban has once again seems like he's adapted to that part of the college football landscape. And um, you know we'll also go over you know who who we were trying to predict the starting offensive line that's going to roll out against Utah State here in a right at a month away. Um, by the time I release this, I guess it'll be under a month and um Alabama start in fall practice tomorrow we're recording this on Wednesday I'll release it on Thursday so if you're listening to it fall practice starting today um and uh, we'll also try to predict the wide receiver because everywhere else is pretty much set I mean we know who's going to be the quarterback you can make an argument for Jason McClellan or Jameer Gibbs transfer from Georgia Tech at the running back position um you know who your D-line is going to be you know your linebackers and you know, if we want to discuss secondary, we can, but we, you know, you know everyone knows it's going to be Eli Ricks in one corner and then, you know, Kool-Aid McKinstry or uh, Kyrie Jackson at the other corner, um, maybe Brian Branch at star. Uh, so, anyway, we'll go over that as fall as we get into fall practice. But, uh, J-Lo, we're going to jump right into this offensive line situation. First, I want your opinion on what you think the offensive line will be this year. They really struggled – I'm not even going to say at times last year. It seemed like it was, you know, let everybody through all year long. Bryce is running for his life. He's getting hit. Gosh, he's a buck 70 soaking wet. Um, so you really have to protect him uh, if you're going to have a shot to do any kind of damage this year. Give me your synopsis of what you think the offensive line is going to look like this year, and then try to give me a starting five from left to right. We'll go left tackle all the way to right tackle. Yeah, I mean, these guys, they, they sucked last year. Other than Evan Neal, I mean, they were not good. Um, and a lot of people this year are saying that, you know, they're going to be greatly improved and there's not a lot to worry about. And it, it might still be the worst part of this team, but it's not going to be as big a concern as it was last year. And, dude, I'm looking at it, man, and I'm I'm thinking, okay, you. I've said it before on this podcast, you lose Neal. You replace him with the 40th best overall transfer player in a Vanderbilt transfer in Steen to play left tackle. You're bringing this guy in to play left tackle. And if he doesn't play left tackle, if he comes out at right tackle, I think that's a big disappointment because uh, we saw a revolving door at right tackle last year, and none of those guys were really any good. Now, I know um, – uh, what's it? The, the guy that started in the Iron Bowl, I, I made myself forget his name. That guy was bad, bad. The guy from Texas, Latham, eh, you know, he pl- played well at times, played poorly at times. Chris Owens was at right tackle. And we expected Brockermeyer or Latham to be at right tackle game one last year. And I remember when Chris Owens wasn't at center because, I mean, we all expected him to be at center because he came in from Dickerson uh, in the national title game or in the playoffs, so we expected him to be at center and then Alabama to slide somebody in at right tackle, and it didn't happen. And so I just think that really messed up this Alabama offensive line. Um, So, yeah, I I still think – like, I am not sold that they are going to be great. I'm not really sold they're going to be good. I'm sold that they're going to be better, 
Um, and that's strictly based off Wolford being the offensive line coach and Doug Marone completely – and this is hopeful thinking. Hopefully Doug Marone just completely mailed it in last year, and that was the reason why they were bad. But you lose Evan Neal, you pick up a Vanderbilt transfer, and really everything else is the same across the offensive line other than who your starting right tackle is going to be. It can't be Damian George. He can't play guard. He can't play tackle. Get him out of here. So – I mean, I'm really concerned. I'm really concerned. I thought the offensive line got better um, with Seth McLaughlin. He had a tough three games to play in, guys. The Iron Bowl, when we're down, he comes out against Georgia, plays okay, um, beats Cincinnati, and then kind of struggles with Georgia again along with the rest of the offensive line. So, guys, I have I have Steen, um, Javion Cohen, Seth McLaughlin, Ekior at right guard, and I have Latham at right tackle by default. So, and that's a, and if Brockermeyer was hurt last year, like everybody says, maybe there's some competition at right tackle, but I don't really think there is other than a freshman in Tyler Booker, who a lot of people are projecting to play guard during his time in Alabama. So, those are my five up front Steen, Cohen, Seth, Eki, and Latham. And um, man, we just better pray that Wolford is is as advertised as an offensive line coach. Well, even if he is, how much talent do you actually think is there? I, I mean, like like you were just talking about Tyler Steen. We're really banking on a Vanderbilt guy. And, and I understand that kids come out of high school and they're low in the rankings. They go to a small – that happens every year. I mean, you're going to have a breakout guy out of the portal this year, sure. But – I mean, you're asking a Vandy guy to come over and start at left tackle protecting Bryce Young, replacing Evan Neal, one of the best offensive linemen in Alabama history, a first-round draft pick. So, you know, how much confidence do we have in him? Cohen's been in freaking rehab, dude. Like, the guy's got mental problems. Like, he, he I mean, this dude just randomly popped up and said, yeah, I've been in, uh, in, in rehab the last month or so reading books. And I'm like, bro – uh, that's not good. <laughs> like how much, how much conditioning has he been doing? How, how much has he been working out? Like, I mean, if you've been in rehab, like, is it a rehab where you come and go whenever you're feeling down <laughs> or is it a rehab where you've been locked up and you haven't left your room for, for a month, month and a half, however long it was. And, um, you know, that's a scary situation. Uh, I, the, the problem for me with this offensive line is, you know, last year, you're like, okay, we're going to have to piece, piece, piece. But I guess Ekior is the only one. They say he's dropped, you know, 15, 20 pounds from last year. I think that's a good sign uh, as long as the power is still there, which it should be. You know, last year you had Neil. That was your guy. He said, okay, left tackle is solid. This year, even though guys are back with Cohen being a kind of a – a liability, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll should be able to get a better insight to it whenever fall practice starts. And he's he's that's a little bit of a concern for me. The Vandy transfer left tackle is a concern. The center situation, Dalcourt is clearly the better talent, but when you go on the road, you have to be able to have silent communication with your offensive line. It did seem like in the second half of the Auburn game and the SEC championship, Seth was – he did a better job at communicating with the offensive line, and that might have been a scheme thing under Marone. Like, just like you said, Wolford might have everything simplified for them, which I would that would be great. 
Um, and so, because if you can get your better talent, of course, that's the guy you want. And I think that's clearly Darian Dalcourt. Um, but if, if Seth is your better communicator, I'm going to, I'm going to choose that guy. And, uh, you know, Ekior, like I said, solid at right guard. And just like you were saying, where's Brockermeyer, where's Pritchett, where's Booker? Um, the, these guys that have are all five stars coming out of high school, you know, we, we figured there'd be some great competition at the, at the right tackle spot last year. And there wasn't, and, uh, you really haven't heard about anybody, but late them. And uh, hopefully next week we'll have a better insight on if there is competition there or not. Yeah, and you know, Lester, look look at this, Lester. So we're 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 banking on Tyler Steen being good. He is the worst coming out of high school. He's the lowest ranked offensive lineman probably on our whole roster, but much less the actual guys that we are projecting to start. All right, he's at St. Thomas Aquinas. We get it, factory. But dude, this guy was ranked 1,177th coming out of high school and the 112th best offensive tackle. Okay. Cohen is a, was a sub 250 guy, I believe. Seth McLaughlin, I'm not even sure you can find him in rivals. Ekior was a top 150 player. So, and, and then Latham is a bona fide five star. I'm surprised Ekior's not playing left guard just to give Bryce an extra sense of, um, safety back there on his blind side to help out with the tackle, put a tight end over there to help something. I'm surprised our best guard wasn't playing left guard last year. But from a talent perspective, dude, this is not a – now this is coming out of high school recruiting rankings. This is not a talented offensive line, Lester. And I think that's – I think that's scary a little bit because – you don't win games with bad players, and the rec- not that these guys are bad players, not that Steen's not going to be good, but the numbers on where a lot of these guys were ranked coming out of high school, it's it's crazy to think that Alabama's going to play three sub three hundred guys and start them on the offensive line potentially. Uh, but that's where they are. So 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 for for once, let me be the guy to kind of pull everybody back from the ledge. This is a new role for me. Uh, this is this is uncharted territory. Nope. So. I'm jumping. <laughs> All right. Before you jump, hold on one second. All right. So I'm going to give you my starting five from left to right. I'm going to go with Tyler Steen. I'm going to go with Javion Cohen, Darren Dalcourt, Ikior, and JC Latham. Now, listen to this. Tyler Steen, four-year starter at Vanderbilt. This guy is going to be a senior, I'm assuming, I don't know about the COVID year and all that stuff, but this guy's coming to his fourth year of SEC football. You got Javian Cohen, who's a junior. Dalcourt is a senior. Ikior is a redshirt senior. And you got Latham, who's a sophomore. What's giving me a little bit of hope about this offensive line is they are, if nothing else, they are experienced across the board for the most part. Um, experience that helps with your communication. You know, surely you've played in some of the toughest road environments. It helps with that. I am going to lean on, you know, Wofford and Saban using that experience, hopefully to their advantage. And when I say that, I'll say that as in minimum mistakes across the board, no silly mistakes like false starts or um illegal blocking none of that none of that bullcrap basically using the experience to minimize the things that would 
normally kill a drive or kill a big play, like, you know, holding or something like that. So hopefully kind of maybe they're not as talented, but they're going to be solid as in they're not going to shoot themselves in the foot. So that's that's kind of what I'm hoping for with this offensive line. I'm not willing to give up on them yet because of the experience. I mean, I'm hoping that that will count for something this upcoming year. I don't if if Cohen if I knew he was okay mentally, and he might be. I, I'm just speculating here. I don't know him. I don't talk to him. Um, I only go by what you can read on On3. That's our site now. Uh, J-Law's all about it. He's got me all in on it. Um, I'm starting to get Dad all in on it, and he's liking it. So if he's okay, then I feel a lot better because at least your three in the middle are solid. I know, you know – Dalcourt, I think he can do it. I still will worry about him, you know, at Texas, um, you know, in Death Valley, in Knoxville, places like that that can get really loud. Uh, I'm not worried about Ole Miss where there's 45,000 people uh, or Mississippi State, whatever. But so it, that's really, you know, Steen, he'll, he'll be fine. Like you said, he has played a lot of football, and I don't think Saban goes and gets guys from the portal to sit. I mean, if he really wanted this guy, then and he did. He, he did really want him. So he must have some kind of talent. I'll trust Saban there, but I just I really hope if Walford can do anything new, different from Doug Marone, I hope that is that it is simplifying the scheme because I will feel a lot better about it. And you really, I mean, Texas week 2 is going to tell you all you need to know. I, I know that's early in the season. And we're not. I'm not going to predict our whole season off of that one game. If we, I mean, it's a tough environment. DKR Stadium is going to be crazy. You know, the odds of Texas are upon you, baby. But uh, if if we go in there and we win, whatever, twenty four to twenty one, you know, I, I'm going to be happy about it. Yeah, I, I'll critique it just like we always do. I mean, hell, if we go in there and win forty five fourteen, we're going to critique something. That's what the Gump Runners do. That's what makes us great. Um, never satisfied, always hungry. So it's great about this podcast and these these two guys that are with me. But if Cohen can prove that he's okay, if our um, communication at center is fine in, in, in week two, I'll feel a lot better about the rest of the season. But if it's not, if we have a bunch of busts and they're getting pre- easy pressure with four and, you know, we got guys coming up the middle wide open, um, untouched, or, you know, if I see our right tackle slide in, let two guys go around, and that's, you know, it's going to be right back to square one. Yeah, and listen, that's what concerns me about going out and getting steam because, you know, if this if this is like Evan Neal in the portal, yeah, you're you're pumped up and excited about it. But, dude, I, I think it speaks more about what Saban thought that he had along his offensive line, especially losing Evan Neal than it does about the talents of Evan Neal. And Evan Neal, I mean, excuse me, of uh, Tyler Steen. Tyler Steen, guys, is he was the best offensive lineman at Vanderbilt. So, you know, if you're Georgia and you're playing Bandy, are you going to go after their best player? They're, he's probably the best player on their offense. Dude, but he's surrounded by four scrubs to his right. I mean, uh, they're bull rushing those other guys. They're going to take their chances with the guys that aren't as good as Tyler Steen. And so, um, you know, I think it really speaks more about how 
how Nick Saban was forecasting his offensive line for the 2022 season than it does about the talent for Steen. Now, other people did want Steen. He took visits to NC State, LSU, um, visited Alabama, I think one more place. But the, this, this is Eric Wolford's got his hands full with this. He's having to make up for the lack of development for what um, Marone did last year. I get it was a step back from Marone, NFL head coach. Now you're Nick Saban's bitch and you're Bill O'Brien's bitch. So you're like, you're, I mean, you're so far away from where you were being the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I get it. You're not excited about it. But offensive line is like one of the, it's the toughest place to play other than quarterback or middle linebacker, probably. And they're probably, probably all pretty equal. And we missed a whole year of development. So I'm just super nervous about this position. And if our quarterback is anybody other than Bryce Young last year and probably this year, you would be you would see me super, super nervous. I would have already jumped off the ledge. Lester's talked helped a little bit, but I listen, Steen, I I've looked at all these guys. Cohen 333 overall, Seth 476, Echior 113, JC Latham three, Steen 1177. I think Seth's going to play, not Dalcourt. Dalcourt, 177. So you got two top 150 guys on your offensive line, and you're playing the best talent each and every week. I just don't think that adds up for a recipe for success unless there's a phenomenal coaching job being done by Wolford. I think that another worry that we have is is because of Bryce's build. Yeah, he can get out of the pocket. He can make plays with his legs. But if you can limit that, that's what you want, right? You don't – you don't want him running around. You want to give him a clean pocket and let him make plays from the pocket. Um, the more he runs around um, and, and the more he gets hit, I mean, that's just more of a chance you lose him. And if you lose him, now you're looking at Jalen Milrow. And that is a safety trying to play quarterback. Uh, that is, I'm not sure how much better he is at this point in his career than Jalen Hurts was his freshman, sophomore year. Now, if you got an office coordinator like Lane Kiffin that can design an offense around that, sure, it can be electric. Look at 2016. But if you got a Brian Dable, which is what we have now in Bill O'Brien, you know, NFL guys, NFL scheme, Jalen Milrow in this scheme, no bueno. Like Ty Simpson, but he's a true freshman. He's not going to be the backup this year. It's going to be Jalen Milrow. And him in this system ain't going to work. So if you lose nine – then all of a sudden, you know, national championship odds getting a little slim, maybe even the SEC championship odds getting slim. So it's another reason. It's there, I think there's legit concern to worry, but let's wait and see. Moving on to receiver, another position. You lose Jamison Williams. You lose John Mechie. You lose Slade Bolden, thank God. Uh, and so you've got guys coming in from the portal. You've got Jermaine Burton from from Georgia, Tyler Harrell from uh from Louisville, the burner, um, don't really know much about either one. Burton had uh, Stetson Bennett as his quarterback, so not necessarily a gunslinger. Um, plus, Brock Bowers was their main receiving target uh, last year. And, uh, you know, Tyler Harrell only like, what, 16 career catches or something like that? We know about the speed. We know that he can, he can burn everybody. But, you know, how well does that translate to an offense like Alabama's? Can he play that Jameson Williams role? Um, where he's a deep threat, um, you know, who knows? Lester, we'll start with you. I want you to give me your top four receivers. Who is the top four guy? Say Alabama comes out, first play against Utah State in a month, and they're four wide. 
who who are those four receivers? Yeah, so I'm gonna go with Burden for one. Um Burden, Leary, Harold, and Treshawn Holton. Well and Jacor Brooks in there is probably like the that's another guy that's gonna play a lot. But I'm gonna have Burton and Harold on the outside, and then you got Leary and Brooks mixing it up on well, Treshawn Holden mixing it up. Huh. Okay. I just think I just think until he proves himself to suck, Tyler Harrell has to play. You saw how much James Williams had an impact so. on yeah. this year. A complete impact, you know, just 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 because he's on the field, you know, and I think that you can't go, you know, since you have another guy on the roster like that, you can't not play him just because of the home run threat. It's such a distraction to the defense, you know. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, so you like you like Leary coming out. He had a he was what was he the MVP of the A Day game or Gibbs, I guess, but he, he had the most catches in the A Day game. So you think that carries well, over? I think it'll carry over. I hope it does. Remember Jai Hall did the same thing. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'm gonna go Burton Harrell, because I think you're right. I think you go out and get a guy out of the transfer portal, he's gotta come in and play. Um I'm gonna go with Jacory Brooks. And then my four guys, I J Law help me out, dude. I'm I'm sure your top three are probably the same as mine. I know Lester threw Leary in there, but that's fine. But dude, my four, I I have no idea. It could be anybody. Joe Nobody Joe. is separating themselves. Yeah, I so I I think it's gonna be JoJo Earl. I mean, our so yeah, Burton. So Burton is definitely wide receiver one. I mean that you don't convince a guy to come from Georgia where you just want a natty to play for you if he's not going to be wide receiver one because he's already he's he's wide receiver one over there. I mean he's so he's not going to come play, you know, second fiddle to anybody. I think Harrell and Brooks are going to be interchangeable to me at wide receiver too. Listen, w- with the talent that we have, we didn't run a lot of, a bunch of four wide sets last year. We really didn't want to. We used the tight ends a lot. So, you know, but and then as soon as Mechie goes down, I mean, it's Ja'Cory Brooks and Ja'Cory Brooks in the Iron Bowl when when J-Mo got ejected. So um, depending on how well his recovery is going, dude, I think that he's very interchangeable at wide receiver two with Harold. But since he was injured and didn't go in the spring, um, I'm going to say Harold's wide receiver two. But important, dude, Harold wasn't here in the spring either. So, I mean, they might feel more comfortable with Brooks just knowing the offense um, going into – the first couple of games of the year and letting Tyler Harrell get up to speed. So I think those two, that's obviously your top three, but I like Jojo Earl. I mean, this guy was on the field a lot last year before he tore his ACL. Um, there was something they liked about him. Now he couldn't hold on to the football. Um, so, you know, it wasn't, he didn't, I, none of those guys played a lot last year, but when it was time to step up, I mean, Ja'Cory Brooks stepped up and honestly, it probably would have been Jojo Earl stepping up in the Iron Bowl, or at least the guy that they threw out there in the Iron Bowl would have been JoJo Earl and in the playoff JoJo Earl if um he didn't get hurt. So I, I just think it's going to be JoJo. They're going to give him his chance based off of where he was last year on the depth chart. But Leary showed out in the, in the spring game. I think you have a lot of options. None of the freshmen to me are going to get a lot of playing time. I mean, dude, you got Bond. You got um, Shaz. Dude, who else did we get? The kid from Calera. Aaron Anderson. Aaron Anderson, Kendrick Law. So, I mean, you got all those guys. Great last name, by the way. 
You got all those guys. But I just think that Saban, he's going to be balled in with his top three or the four, and then the freshmen are just going to be there in case of emergency. What do you think about Trayshawn Holden? Because I think he he can do it. But, he, I mean, hell, he's been here three, four years, and he just – if you haven't gotten separation by now. Right. You know, what? so where do you think Trayshawn Holden plays into this role? Because Lester mentioned him. You know, he's in my – I've literally got Dash on my number four, so I got Leary, Earl, Holden, Anderson, Bond, Preston, Law. It could be any of them. And uh, I think anybody but Tyler Jones-Bell, that guy's ass. But Yeah, uh, I, I think Trayshawn Holden – some – I just – to me, if he was Mr. Reliable, he would have been playing last year, right? I mean, there's no way you throw Ja'Cory Brooks out there in the most important game of the year, college football playoff, make or break. You don't throw Ja'Cory Brooks out there in the Iron Bowl if you think Trayshawn Holden can get it done. I don't think they think he can get it done. And I think I was listening to one of the own three pods, and they said that he is the, he is the most physically limited receiver out of, like, Alabama's top seven once the freshmen get on campus. So – um, unless it's just rapport with Bryce, he doesn't have the talent that the other guys have. And, man, if you don't have the talent at Alabama, it's tough. As hard as you want to work and as good of an attitude as you want to have, unless you're Slade Bolton, you're probably not getting on the field. Lester, if – who – none of the freshmen playing last year over Slade Bolton is another thing that's concerning to me. Yep. So, how much – as a from your freshman to sophomore year, what kind of jump do you think these young guys can make? I'm not talking about the freshman coming in, but you know, minus Hall, I guess you've got what you've got Leary, Earl, who else was it? Oh, I'm sorry, Jacory. Um, how much of a jump? And Jacory, I think he he played well at times. I mean, you know, caught a caught a tutty in the in the against Cincinnati, and then of course the big play against Auburn. Um, but you know, still a guy that was the, the second freshman on the field behind JoJo Earl, like J-Law said. So how much of a jump from year one to year two do you think these guys can make realistically? I mean, I'm not – I'm sure you're not expecting them to be all SEC-type players, but, you know, how, how big is that? We know what it needs to be, right? I mean, we want them to take a huge jump. But what do you expect out of those second-year guys from that great receiver class we brought in last year? Great receiver class, correct. I – I just expect reliability. Reliability. The ball comes your way. You're not freaking out. You're prepared to receive the ball and then do something after the catch. Maybe. But I just want reliability. When you come into the game, know what you're doing, run the right routes, and when it comes to you, catch the damn ball. Year two, that, that, that should be, you should be able to do that in your sleep. There's no reason for you not to be able to do that. You know what I mean? Catch the ball and just 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 produce when your time comes. You hey, know? does does, does Alabama's hey Lester? Does Alabama's recruiting class, the one that just came in, does their recruitment of the amount of receiver and the amount of receivers they signed, does that kind of not tell you everything you need to know about the coaching staff's yep. thoughts about the class before? Because look at this class. Nah. We're not really recruiting any receivers, man. Like, we're, if we get Shelton Sampson or Jalen Hill or the Hamilton kid, we're going to be happy. But you really, we're not you, really going after them. You can't. That's what needs to be worked on across the board in every position group, especially receivers, though, for sure, after last year's debacle. 
I don't think you can go out and recruit any receivers right now. I mean, you brought in, what, eight in the last two years? I mean, there's no point in going out and getting three or four more. And I, I understand that, you know, hell, four of these guys can leave after this year. And that with the way college football works, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. But it seems like Saban holds on to his guys more than anybody else. He does a great job of getting them to understand the process and, and buying in for the most part. I mean, every every once in a while you have an Ajayi Hall. But, I mean, hell, even Ben Davis was here for seven years before he transferred. Uh, so, J-Law, I, I asked Lester about last year's class and what kind of jump they can make. Now I'm going to ask you about this year's class. If you could pick one or two, because there are four of them, if you could pick one or two to make an impact this year, it doesn't have to be early, but at some point, whether, you know, it might be because we have some guys go down or it might be just because, I mean, they make hella plays, hella plays in practice. When we saw what Aaron Anderson did in the spring game, he made some really nice runs. Uh, so if you had to pick one or two out of the, the incoming class, who would those be? Yeah, I'm, I'll go. I would go Shaz or Aaron Anderson. I mean, they're all like elite fast guys. I mean, Kendrick Law, he's a fast guy, and he's kind of more of a muscular build than the other ones that we brought in. Kobe Prentice is a straight speed guy. Like he's he might be your like Tyler Harrell out of out of that receiver class. Like the guy can just run. Probably needs to work on his route running. But if you're I think if there's a guy that you're going to try to work in the way they tried to do JoJo Earl last year, a ball in space type of guy, quick twitch receiver, because even though J-Mo was super fast, um, it was not really until later in the year where they tried to hit him on those quick digs and those throws out to the left and the right to get him in space because they felt that they kind of worked that first step with Mechie and, and JoJo Earl. So I'd go Shaz or Aaron Anderson, and I would not be surprised, like, those two guys getting on the field before – I mean, I'm not, I don't hate last year's class, but I think that it's, that Saban and and um, our wide receivers coach thing just just uh, just flipped my mind right there. Saban, Bill O'Brien, they're all – they're going to make it easy for these freshmen to be able to work their way up the jet chart, not get into a starting role, not maybe crack the top four – but I think talent alone is where they're going to set apart probably the five through seven. Um, and Shaz and, and the guys that just came in in this class, dude, they're, they're, they're going to impress Holman Wiggins, I think. And if they, if they show in flashes that they can make an impact, like they're going to jump some of the guys from last year's class. Alabama recruiting absolutely taken off the last month. And when I say taken off, I mean to the freaking moon. And J-Law made – you know, you, you sent us a text maybe early July that Saban played golf with our NIL guy or whatever over in Georgia, whatever it is. Can't remember exactly what the text said. But I kind of blew it off. I didn't really think too much of it. And now, all of a sudden, it, like, we didn't get a commit today, and I'm, like, pissed. Like, where's the five-star this week? What's going on? But – uh. <laughs> Anyway, that's sarcasm. But, dude, since July 2nd, Alabama has racked up 10 commits. This is a month. One month, 10 commits. Only one guy that's really bad, that Raquis McElderry or whatever. Uh, the guy's ranked like 450. He, uh, but, dude, other than that, you're talking Caleb Downs, Richard Young, Justice Haynes, 
Hunter Osborne, Ty Lockwood, Malik Benson, Dylan Longeran, Connor Talty, the number four kicker. I mean, studs that Alabama's bringing in. Talk about what you think has changed. And, uh, I, you know, I kind of tease the – we know what your answer is going to be on this, but tell us why you think what you think. Well, I mean, you you guys know that Alabama's already in a good position with the top recruits, right? I mean, they're in a good position right now for Keon Keeley, who has been committed to Notre Dame for a very long time. They were in a great position for the Lockwood kid, who had been an Ohio State commit for a long time. And I'm not saying that NIL is not the end-all, be-all to college football recruiting. But it does have to there's there's a there's a tipping scale there. You can have enough NIL money that's maybe not AM, maybe not Texas, maybe not what the digital wallet guy from Miami is offering, but there has to be enough there combined with what Alabama offers, whether it's player development, helping kids stay out of trouble, like their their parents, these these kids' parents love for them to go to Alabama because dude, it is a tight ship around there. And if you're not going to play by the rules, Saban's just going to tell you to leave. Look at Jalil, look at Ajay Hall, look at the tons of guys that have transferred forever. But it can't just be about player development. It can't just be about our weight rooms better. It can't be our crowd is 102,000. It can't be about facilities or coaching staff when you're talking about dollars and cents to 18-year-old kids who, quite frankly, in the, the demographic of kid that's coming through is not growing up in, in a rich childhood. So, like, when you're talking 50, even something as small as $50,000 cash to a kid to get on campus somewhere, that weighs a lot in their mind more than a lot of the other stuff that coaches are preaching. Kiffin's been talking about it. A lot of coaches have been talking about it. It's not about all that stuff anymore. It's going to be about dollars and cents. But at Alabama, it doesn't have to be all about dollars and cents. If you can combine it and get enough of NIL funding, to make it make sense for these kids who some of these guys are going to be bust. And I think that's going to stop some of this NIL money from coming in. But what if BJ Scott, who signed at Alabama in what, 09, 10, whatever year that was, what if he was able to get a million dollars up front? Well, he's set for life if he invested the right way. So like these players are going to take the upfront money unless there's some other factors there where you could take a little less money knowing that you're going to get developed. And, um, Saban went golfing. I don't remember what week it was, but he went golfing. One of our top NIL guys It's not the guy that tweets a lot on uh, the Twitter. He's not like our our the spokesperson for high tide traditions, but it's a very well-known Alabama booster. And um, the the topic of it is how how the heck are we supposed to compete with um, these guys that are offering these kids all all this money because. That's when the Francis Magawa and like all these dudes are committing to Miami, Texas, Texas A&M. And these are guys that we normally land. So Saban's essentially, hey, dude, we got to do something. We got to up our game while making it even for everybody. And then once a player gets on campus, they can create value for themselves, which is what NIL is supposed to be anyway. So I don't think it's a coincidence that about four or five days later, what you got the Justice Haynes commit, and then you started, do, or maybe there's a couple commits before that, but dude, you just started getting commits. And um, I think of the, you know, when Pete Golding lights up your phone and says, "Hey, dude, we're we're doing 100k now." Okay, 100k plus what Bama offers, I think that's just as good as maybe 160 to go to Texas A&M and be a receiver, where they, I mean, or be a a player. That uh, position, you know, Texas A&M really doesn't develop a lot of. If you look at position wise, yeah. so I mean, so I was like, maybe 
maybe I'll take the 120 at Bama as opposed to the 180 at A&M and go get what Bama offers me to make a lifetime decision. So um, I think the NIL money is rolling a little more than um, what it was, but I think it's just enough to be comparable when you weigh all the factors. That's a great point. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I, I I really think someone had to get in the savings ear and be like, look, dog, like we got to make some changes. So before I get into it, I want you to think about like the most stubborn person you know, old, Lester? conservative, <laughs> like like the Nick Saban mold. He doesn't want anything to change. Of course, he thinks that him being Nick Saban, him developing in, him developing NFL talent, first round talent, Alabama having the best fans, best facilities, best everything, rings, yada. I'm sure he thought. Well, damn NIL. This is what is supposed to get kids on campus. No, 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 no. Like J-Law was saying, these kids nowadays do not give a damn, and they're all looking at dollar signs. So I'm glad whoever got in his ear or, you know, talked the boost, whatever, burn or whoever, and I'm assuming he changed his tone with that because I am so glad this past month has been awesome getting these guys in. Well, Lester, do you think it's more of – him telling the recruit straight up, hey, we're going to give you this much once you get on campus? Or is it what they're doing at the university with The Authentic, which is a store in the stadium um, that's going to sell merchandise that goes straight to NIL, um, whether it's the high tide tradition? What Do you think – I mean, is it possible – and there might be a little both, but do you think it's more of – Saban saying, hey, I'm going to give you this much once you get on campus or, hey, look at all the stuff we're doing to get you the opportunity. If you do what you're supposed to do and you perform, this is, you know, you look at Bryce, you look at Will and their value and all this, the money that they're about to get because, dude, they're going to clean up with that authentic store. I mean, all the Bryce Young signed jerseys. I mean, Will Anderson can take his underwear off after a game, sign it, put it in the authentic, and it'll sell for 100000 I mean, th- these Bammers are freaking crazy. And, uh, and and so do you think it's more of them offering straight up or, you know, look at all the stuff that we're doing that other teams aren't doing. They're the first ones with the, with the store, with a uh, merchandise store, and they're the first to, you know, basically put it out to the fans. Hey, you can sign up 120 bucks a year and it goes straight to NIL. And so, or, I mean, which one do you think it is? Cause I wouldn't be surprised if, if, you know, it, it's more of, Hey, look what we're doing as a university. You know, everybody says that we're falling behind because of NIL, but in reality, we're doing more than everybody else is. Now, granted, we're not offering you guaranteed hundred thousand dollars. Once you get on campus, we're not going to do that. But look at all the opportunities that we're going to provide you with to make your own to to make a profit off of your name, image, and likeness. So I have a different perspective for that answer. I think it depends on the kid and his family. Think about this. We see it in sports all the time. What do some of these top guys do? They will go to the highest bidder and suck for the rest of their careers versus taking a little bit less money going to a potential winner. We see that all the time. And I believe that is happening in college football. You know, they'll see Jimbo offer a kid 150 K, but Bama will offer a hundred K. And they'll say, Nope, sorry, going to Jimbo. He's offering the, the most money. 
maybe they're not even giving, you know, Bam and Saban a chance to even listen to, hey, look at the potential of what you can do. Look at what we're doing with high-top traditions. Look at what we're doing with the um the store in the damn stadium now. Maybe some people aren't don't even care about it. They're not even listening. To it. They're just looking for the the highest dollar, the highest amount, who's gonna kiss my tail the most. You know, I think that it depends more so on the kid and their family versus, you know, what we can do for you. Cause I mean, if you sit and think about it, Alabama's the no-brainer here in this situation. But as we see with a lot of stuff in life, sometimes the no-brainer question or solution to the problem, it don't matter because of whoever else is offering whatever else up front. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I think it just depends on the kids. You know, some kids are hard-headed. They don't want to listen to reason. You know, you're 18 years old. You're four or five-star, been the big dog forever. And, you know, you got people, well, hell, why isn't Nick Saban offering you as much as Jimbo? Well, hell, obviously Jimbo wants you more. Well, shit, okay, go to Texas a fine. You know what I mean? I, I just think it depends on kids, you know, how good are the people they have surrounding them, their families, you know? So everybody isn't going to listen to reason. And, you know, like Nick Saban has told several recruits, we'll just beat you. So, you know, that that's my answer to that. I can't, I can't get a grip on it because I see what you're saying to an extent, but, I mean – Dude, we just got 10 commits in a month. <laughs> I mean, we're landing stone-cold studs. You see what I'm saying? And I just I – don't, I don't know. Um, J-Law, with this high-tide tradition stuff starting up recently, where do you think this money goes to? Because they're, they're telling everybody that it's strictly, you know, for NIL. What do you, what do you think they're going to do with this? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really know exactly like where it's all going to go, but I, I think a lot of it's going to be pocketed for rainy days. Um, you don't know what the economy is going to do. Um, high tide tradition say it's not just about getting money from donors. Alabama from the get go told everybody they're going to do NIL the right way. So, and that's doing it number one legally. And number two, I think have a sustainability about it to where you're not doing um, what a lot of other schools are being accused of right now, and that's promising a kid $250,000 and they get on campus. Well, that's why I'm and asking that question is because they're saying this is going to NIL, but NIL is something that you get on your own if you're, quote, doing it the right way. You know, hey, so-and-so comes on this podcast. We pay him some money. That's NIL. So when you just got this open thing and you're telling fans, hey, donate $120, Where's it going? Like, is there, you know, is it going to the collective or how, yeah, how, I mean, how would a kid make, how would this go towards NIL if it's not straight up paying folks? So our collective is our players NIL. So you can use your collective until it's legally changed to essentially pay a kid off his name, image, and likeness. Say it, like it or not, that's just how it is. And the more money you throw into your collective, the more that you're going to be able to guarantee these kids um, that they're going to get when they get on campus. I mean, we saw, I think right after our class signed and all the all the kids, all the latest kids got on campus, they took a picture in some lawyer's office signing their contract with High Tide Tradition to let them, I guess, represent them and, and, and whatever. And this is what you get when you come. 
And Alabama, dude, they're doing this the right way. I I, I think I texted you like a, a month ago, and I was like, dude, if if five hundred thousand gumps give two hundred forty dollars a year, um, dude, you're talking about oh, I mean, was that like a hundred million dollars in NIL? And that doesn't even count your big time boosters. So uh, Nick Saban, uh, the people that are running Alabama's NIL, um, and because Nick Saban. NIL will be ran where all the football players make the same amount of money so there's not this big locker room crisis, at least on a on a commitment to come to school here. Um, Alabama's going to need a lot of money, and um, I think they're doing everything they can to raise money. I think opening it up to the public was one of the smartest things you can do, and um, as soon as – I think as soon as our – I don't want to say they got the green light to do it, but dadgum, dude, it feels like as soon as um, – as soon as it feels like they got the green light, man, dominoes started to fall. And Alabama's, I mean, dude, they've had the best, maybe the best month of recruiting ever in Alabama football history. I mean, Alinan, Alas Alinan was crystal balled to Miami by like 15 different people. Caleb Downs felt like it was on the rocks for a little bit. Justice Haynes was a full go for Georgia. And then Alabama's just kind of pulling guys back in. Hunter Osborne, everybody thought he's going to Clemson. I mean, now Alabama's they're 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 pulling dudes in, and I think their big their biggest fish are still out there in Cormani McLean, Keon Keeley, Damon Wilson. Um, out the best of the best that Alabama's going to land in this class. They're not even committed yet, and the way that Alabama's doing NIL, I think is going to be a major reason why they get on campus. So, do you think it's just like the high tide tradition, just going into a pool, and like so they can potentially give everybody a little piece of the pie or the pot? Well, that's what Saban said. Uh, to, to me, that's that's how I understand how Saban was running it, and he's going to continue to run it. And I think his his complaint his complaint number one has been, okay, these other schools are are giving one guy seven hundred k and another guy fifty k, depending on how bad they want it. Well, Saban's pitch this whole time has been everybody's going to get the same amount of money to come play football at Alabama. So I think he knows he needs a lot of money to be able to keep up with the $150,000 uh, per player. I think even Jimmy Steen wrote an article on, on three, like Alabama was pitching like 50. Like that was their, you know, $50,000. I'm not even sure that's per year to come on campus or what. But, dude, when some of these schools are paying Nico, whatever his name is, $8 million, uh, you, do the math. That's uh, – a that's that's not that's even close. That's that's a big freaking gap right there. So um, it, it's not going to work that way. And if Alabama, this is going to sound crazy, if they want to land another Bryce Young in the future, like there's a difference between Eli Holston and Bryce Young. We, we all know it. it there is. So unless you're going to get a surprise like Mac Jones, um, dude, you're going to – some of these QBs, man, if you're going to want some of the best, dude, you're talking a, a milli plus. So somehow you got to find a way to – and to get that money. Lester, realistically, within a year, how many people subscribe to this high tide traditions? My dad's already done it. <laughs> 120 bucks a year. When, you know, because there's like different levels. They're like, you know, all conference is like $300 a year. Um, legend is like $450 a year. And there's going to be plenty of people that do those too. But just the basic subscription, $120 a year, $10 a month. Within a year, how many Bammers do you think sign up for this? Well, man, we got to make sure everybody's got the internet first. So they can sign up. You think Willie? <laughs> you think Roll Tight Willie's got? Hey, Willie's got to make the. He's got to post a TikTok somehow. I guarantee you they don't have unlimited data. 
Well, Willie's got to get the money from up under his mattress because he ain't in the bank nowhere, and somehow gets get get signed up. I I I think that now that the option is out there, there's no reason why every student, every graduate, every fan of the University of Alabama, can, they can do one hundred twenty dollars a year. You're paying more than that for Netflix. What? Everybody who listens to this podcast, if you're in our football or baseball um, fancy groups, when y'all are dragging ass on these dudes, what do I tell y'all? I send the text every year. I say I know each and every single one of y'all personally, and you're going to spend twice as much on these dudes on some bullshit tomorrow. I promise you. Get the money in. And everybody who listens to this podcast, get the money in. Sign up. You're going to buy some cigarettes. You're going to buy a new PlayStation. You're going to buy tires, rims, something you don't need. And it's not going to cost a fraction. And, you know, high top traditions, it's going to cost a fraction of that BS. So listen, sign up. There's no excuse not to. Trust me. I know some of y'all personally, you got it. Okay. You should do a commercial. Let's sign up. Let's get it going. Let's do it. I mean, I'm ready to like go sign up twice after just listening. Exactly. Exactly. Hell, cancel Netflix. You're not watching anyway. It's about to be football. No, exactly. That great dude. Great point. You should be a spokesman for the university NIL group. I mean that that right there. It's true. I'll be I'll be tweeting this at Greg Byrne. Don't worry. Be like, hey, go to so and so and listen to this guy. Yeah, I'm not one to mess with God, but cut your tithes down 10%, 10% of your tithes, and give it to Bama every Sunday. Hey, this is a tax write-off, right? Taylor, you know more than I do. I, I think, I'm, I'm I, 99% I, sure that this is a, a tax-deductible It's donation. a It's tax-deductible. Come on, fellas. You can sign up. Let's do it. Don't y'all think Saban's like, hey, make the public give to us? Yes. So if and I don't want to hear any bitching. I want to be able to look up if this guy donated to our NIL or not. So when we don't land Corvani McLean and this and Jay Law's bitching on a podcast, I want to be able to see if he donated two hundred forty dollars or not. If not, you don't. I, I think if you don't donate, if you can donate and you don't, I don't want to hear you bitching about not landing a Peter Woods or a. Uh, the Nolan kid last year in the 19 five stars that A&M got, if we don't land them and you're not donating, I don't want to hear you complaining about it. All right, look here. Here's, here's an idea right here. Here it is. Get cheerleaders or the Bama girls or whoever walk around the quad with an iPad with the internet and get people signed up. Free (laughs) interest in the Bryant Denny stadium. Have Bro, a food. Like, a, like a Chick-fil-A <laughs> drive through. <laughs> hey. Yeah, but as like rent out Galettes for a night and make it your cover. You're gonna use your dad's credit card anyway. Swipe yeah. your card on the thing, get in, it's $240 and move on. Before you buy that $10 stadium cup, Coke and Bryant Denny, donate $10 to the high top traditions. It's that simple. It's that simple. Where's my commercial at? Put me on <laughs> put me on CBS Saturday and we're gonna. <laughs> signed up i guarantee you it, it, it there's no excuse no excuse yeah it's the, instead of pay overpaying for austin p tickets this year hey man just donate to the nil yeah right 
you're going to be okay. You there's don't, like there's like three thousand people in Bryant Denny for the Utah State game because everybody <laughs> gave gave money to hot dog traditions. It's like well, the it's like the COVID year. We got twenty percent capacity because <laughs> nobody's yeah, well, there. Hey, I know some of y'all listen to this. You either buy cigarettes, you buy a case of beer every damn week. That is twenty five dollars right there. You can give ten bucks a month to Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. Roll Tide, baby. Well, isn't that worth your happiness though? Like, dude, it's two hundred forty dollars. Like, if enough people do it, dude, we're not. Nick Saban could die. If enough people give two hundred forty dollars a year, okay, we'll 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 go hire some. We'll go hire anybody. (laughs) There's five million people in the state of Alabama. This is just in state. This is not talking about you know Bama Nation because we all know how big it is. I mean, we've got guys out of state sending their daughters to the university just so they can get student tickets and they have an excuse to drive across the borders and, and, and come to Tuscaloosa. So just in state though, say there's think about probably 3 million of them are Bama fans. I think there's definitely more than Auburn. I don't know if it's split down the middle necessarily, you know, with the recent run that Bama has been, you got guys like Gage who flipped. Um, and, and so, Oh, and Bill. Uh, so, <clears throat> If 23%, so less than a quarter of the Bama fans in this state just do the $120 subscription, if that happens, Alabama can give every scholarship player a million dollars. Right. That's what I mean. That, that was, I think I was telling, I don't know if it was y'all or, or somebody else. I was telling, like, this is what Alabama needs to do because we don't have the alumni. We don't have the big alumni donors to keep up with old money. Heck, we don't even really have the alumni donors to keep up with Jimmy Rain. But, dude, we got some crazy fans, man. And if if a million people do – if 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 a million people do the 240, okay, do the 240. Some people are going to give more. Some people are going to give less. Ridiculous. But if a million people do the 240, dude, you got $240 million a year. That should be included when you get accepted into the university. Hey, can we talk about those those really crappy? Wait, wait it's like, what did he just say? <laughs> except, look, hey, he's adding it to the damn tuition now. <laughs> Nobody knows what that stuff goes to. Yes, look, pull up. How many times did you look at your student bill? Never. All those Chinese kids coming over. Uh, guess what, Hoss? Yeah. Hey, hey, Yang, Yang, you just bought us Bryce Young, homie. Congrats. <laughs> Bro, I looked at my student bill one time, and I That's had, so like, a $25 charge for, like, the College of Engineering, like, the business school. Like, what am I paying $25 for? I'm not even nowhere near that place. So, yes, you don't know what's on your student bill. Throw it on there. You're enrolled. You're here. <laughs> There's no excuse. Everybody from this day forward who attends the University of Alabama should be donating at least the smallest amount to high top traditions, 120 bucks. You're paying four, you're paying $500 to park a 10 whore. You got it. I know it. I've done it before. I know it. I'm not talking out of my ass. I know it. I don't, I didn't care. Yeah. That, that West, park. that West park. Your lazy that ass park park walk from the soccer fields. Exactly. Exactly. Um, can we talk about the crappy, uh, like you, you give 240 a year and you get a car magnet? I do think they can step up the uh, seriously, yeah, the yes. prize that you get. Give me a Nike shirt or something. Come on, nah, 
if I'm gonna pay two forty a year, you better give me a damn copy of uh, NCAA twenty four. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. Step it up. That, that's that's ridiculous. Hey, I want yeah. a sideline pullover like the quarter zip. If I get the the four hundred dollar deal, come on now. Lester we- wants to get four hundred bucks and he wants a two hundred and fifty dollar Peter Millar in return. I don't think Buddy. it's gonna work like that. All right, listen to this. Listen to this. You pay five hundred dollars a year. Let's go one more level above the legend because I think the legend's like four fifty or something like that. Let's crank it up to five hundred. Okay. If you pay five hundred, you get to call a play against Utah State in the fourth quarter. No, you get to, you get to pick like the starting linebacker rotation against Austin P. We would like, we would be throwing. We'd have all these fans. Like we would be airing it out with Jalen Milrow in the fourth quarter, up forty yeah. on Utah State. Imagine we can dude, we can have a whole podcast on just being creative with NIL. Like, what if they bid it out? Did. Bid it out the first call out of halftime. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. Oh, flea flicker. Flea flicker. I mean, surprise onside kicks, anything. <laughs> you would have Bammers donating out the ass just to call a play. <laughs> you see, that would be so funny. Austin P is getting beat 42 to 3. <laughs> we open the second half with an onside kick. Look, look, look. Just because Lester pays $700 to the high-tide tradition. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. Live on television to millions of people. And we want to thank our donor here donating $100,000, Mr. Whoever, John Thompson from Tuscaloosa. This place for you. Surprise on side call. <laughs> Oh, make a make make a complete ass out of it, cause people will do it. And that's oh, yeah, be- they would. That's what's so funny. And, and yeah, hey, all this uh, all this running the ball bullshit that we see in the last five minutes of the game and, and these blowouts, no more. Canceled. It'd be balls to the wall. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, what, I mean, like, it, I mean, how much money do do they want? That's the question here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You do stuff like that, you can probably name your number. I mean, oh gosh, that was that was an entertaining 15, 20 minutes, however long that was. Uh y'all got anything else? We ready to wrap it up. That's all I have on my list. Lester, you okay? Keep going, man. Anything else? Add to it. Good. I'm straight. Just donate. That's all I gotta say. I'm gonna sign up um here in a day or two. So yeah. Donate, baby. Donate, baby. Donate. If you're listening to this, donate. You're going to buy cigarettes. You're going to buy beers. $25 a weekend, and you don't need it. Right, but really, just think you're, most people subscribe to Netflix, Spotify, Apple Music, HBO Max, Peacock. They just cancel one of them. Just one. <laughs> just one. I mean, yeah, not all of them. Don't eat out one night this week. Skip that's, a meal. That's it right there. Man. All you got to do, just like that, is that simple. How that's good it. do you want the tide to be? It's on you. The ball's in your court, Tide fans. But don't donate. you think people people will because now they feel like it is on them? I think Alabama fans, the only thing they've been missing is like Nick Saban has never given them control of anything. Yeah. And now he's like almost giving them like a you're you're actually a part of this team. Because since he's been there, dude, it's been, they've been so good. And like they've priced out the average fan. Like the average fan can't go watch Alabama LSU. That's but true. by God, they can give you $120 now to make sure you land Cormani McLean. And I think that's that's why they did levels like that and made the lowest level ten bucks a month 
um, because you know, you know, the, the fans that go to the eight day games, they can they can even afford that. Uh, but you're you're about yeah. to see how much Nick Saban is involved in government because if they start accepting like EBT and like and and and, and all that, they, people people are taking like what they should be spending at Walmart and just giving it to the tide. That's what we need. Um, I mean, I mean, hell, I'm thinking about. I mean, shoot, one of my uncles, no wife, no kids. Makes plenty of money and one of the biggest Alabama fans. He never went to school here, but he's one of the biggest fans I know. You best believe he's watching the Crimson Tide on Saturdays. And now this is just something else for him to throw some money at because he ain't got nothing else to do. There you go. And think about there's so many people, you know, who aren't alumni or, you know, probably even never stepped foot on campus, but they are the self-proclaimed biggest Alabama fans. They are now involved. And I'm happy for those people. How many people does the alumni association lose now? Because they're hitting you up. Y'all know this. They're hitting you up every couple of months trying to get you to donate money. You're like, I'm not don't I'm not giving money to no. the alumni association. All my money's no. going to high tide, baby. Like oh, really? screw y'all. So I hope they understand. <laughs> like they're finna lose so much cash once they so, open it up. I heard that Saban actually got a little money out of um Learfield. You know, they they're like the the, the radio broadcast they own all the rights to a lot of our media stuff oh yeah i heard saving i heard saving called a couple million back from them too they're like uh-uh you guys are making money off our players you're about to give us some money back because we got to keep good players so they're saving saving's been reaching and i think that this is the right reach i think it's and then this is genius how how long before everybody else does this too um that's the only thing is alabama's ahead right now but you get Texas A&M fans, uh, just their area is just so much bigger. Their state so much bigger than Alabama's. Um, you know, Auburn, Georgia, how how long until everybody else does this? Because they're like, this is freaking genius. Why didn't we think of this? And so let's just create this little thing, this little collective little pool, and open it up to the fans and say, hey, you can give us this much. Just put your card in, send it here, you're good. It's really easy. It's easy to do. I mean, it's yeah. not a difficult process. You really? fill out your information, put your email in, put your card number in, boom, let's roll. It's going to auto-draft it every year. I mean, so how long before other teams start doing this? I mean, they can do it, but Bama is number one the first. They can always claim that, and, you know, we're going to perfect it if it's not perfected already. I mean, who else is even thinking about a team store in the stadium? I well, mean, Everybody is right now, but yeah, they, right. weren't, they weren't three weeks ago. <laughs> We're ahead of the curve. I mean, that's just the genius of, you know, Saban, Byrne, you know, everybody everybody at the athletic department is, is really amazing. Hey, Lester. I, I, yeah, go ahead. Hey, Lester, how long before you see uh see um Alabama starting running back in that store on game day in the morning signing autographs? As long as it doesn't enter see, I don't I don't think it'll go that far. I really I Buddy. really don't. We thought we. I mean, did you ever yeah. think NIL was going to go this far? And it's this way in eight months. Yeah, I, I, I think that kind of crosses. Not it doesn't cross a line, but I do think that's that's a little far. But, um, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised at all. Think of the I, money you make. Hey, Will Anderson signing autographs from eight to nine a.m. And I mean, think of the line. Like doors open at. Seven. Think of the line out of that place. How many <laughs> autographs can you sign in an hour? It takes right. what, 15 seconds 
And it's what, 10 bucks an autograph? Oh my gosh. The cash that you could pull in. I think the top tier tier guys would do that, would not do that. But I think maybe like a freshman receiver, freshman defensive back, you know, maybe a freshman standout, you know, someone who hasn't hit it big in NIL yet. I think someone like that would for sure. And look, I'm not talking about before the A&M game, but before Austin P, why not? I wouldn't be upset with that. Hey, you know what? That stadium will sell out for sure for those games. Well, maybe not. Maybe the stadium will sell out at 8 in the morning, then everybody leaves. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I I could – because, I mean, you know you're going to win the game. You know it's not going to be close. Um, But, yeah, don't do it before uh, the A&M game or the Iron Bowl. But, you know, hey, Utah State, Austin P. sure, go ahead. I I think that the separator for Alabama, and Nick Saban said it a few times, is we had the most – real nil deals of any of any university so our our players made more based off their actual name image and likeness based off their play than anybody else so i I do think that while other schools can catch up as long as alabama stays at the top of that trend and a lot of that was bryce young but it's going to get bigger this year everybody knows turner's a freak will's a freak yeah bryce is a freak toe toe like then we got some freaks this year um, those guys are going to be making a crap ton of money too, alongside Bryce. And as long as Alabama stays on that trend, on that upward trajectory of our players making the most or right at the most, not off deals to come to campus, but off their NIL, um, I don't really think there's anything to worry about other other teams catching up um, because Alabama's just they're going to be at the top when it comes to the guys making money after they played games here. And that's why I asked Lester earlier, uh, and I let I, I want your opinion on this too, real quick before we get out of here. Um, with these recruits and this run that we've been on, is it because they they Saban's telling them, hey, you're getting this much money once you get to campus? Or is it because this is what our players are doing now? And look at all these opportunities that we're providing you with. As long as you come in, do what you're supposed to do. Like you still have to work. We're not just gonna hand it to you. We might hand you a little bit, but we're not we're not even gonna be close to what AM's gonna offer, or whatever. But if you work hard, we're gonna provide you with all these opportunities to make more than what you would get. Is that is that kind of that? Because that's what I asked Lester earlier. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, that that that. So I think NIL is like forty percent of it now. When you're when you're Alabama, then you're at. So it's your it's your get on campus money is probably forty percent of it. The what you're able to make off your name is the another thirty percent of it, and then plus the overall lifestyle of being at Bama. The the competitors want to play with competitors. Caleb Downs wants to go to Alabama because he wants to beat out. Terry on Arnold for that safety position in two years or what, whoever that guy is. I think it's just a big mix of all of it. And Al, listen, Alabama's going to be able to stay at the top. And I, I texted you guys this earlier. I was like, there's never been a better time for NIL to break the way that it has because Auburn's boosters and their NIL, dude, they're not all in on Harson, so they're not going to go all in and help him out. Well, everybody at Alabama's all in. You got Nick Saban. Oh if, it was two, oh, if it was 2003, we'd be screwed. Absolutely, but everybody's all in on Nick Saban, and everybody's all in on this program. Like, nobody is withholding any money. But I think Alabama fans are more willing to give now because you do somewhat see the end of Nick Saban's career at Alabama. Dude, he's 70-something. I mean, he cannot coach till he's 100. I mean, so you kind of, I think they're like, okay, there's a sense of urgency to make sure we're as good as we possibly can be for the next six years. So I, I just think that with the program and the state that it's in, like 
dude, we're going to exhaust our resources to make sure we stay at the top as opposed to some other schools like, like A&M. I know they went all in last year and they're going to land a good class this year. But are those are are there some sneaky boosters that are like, all right, well, if Jimbo doesn't get it done this year, um, we we're not going to supply him with the talent to survive because he should have survived with this talent. We got to get our next guy in. So I I think it's the perfect time for all this NIL stuff to happen, and then have Nick Saban and the guys that he has leading the charge on the NIL front because you could be like some other schools, but you're not because of the position that Nick Saban's put you in. I think that's another good reason why you open it up to the fans because at A&M, you got boosters forking out, you know, whatever, $500,000 to a kid. They want immediate results. You know, they don't really understand about development and, you know, how everybody's different. You know, you bring in a kid with the talent of a Jai Hall. He just can't get it mentally. He can't buy into to the process at Alabama. It just doesn't work out. It might work out somewhere else, sure, but they don't – boosters don't understand the football side of it and how difficult it is just because you're a good player in high school, how hard it is to adjust to somewhere like the SEC, especially the SEC West. So that's another good reason to open it up to the fans because, I mean, you know, you're not giving money to one person. You're giving money to a pool, and you don't really know where your money's going. So I think that's another an, another good reason for that high-tide traditions that Alabama's doing. But, uh, um, guys, if you don't have anything else, we're good to go, man. Um like I said, fall practice starting. Um, hopefully, we'll have some some reports next week. Um, and, but until then, episode 64 of the Gunpreneurs Podcast, Chase Thornton, Jeremy Law, Lester Mitchell. See you guys.